Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and we are joined by the hardest working economist in Canada, Eric Lascelles, Chief Economist at RBC Global Asset Management. Eric, welcome. Thank you very much. Good to be here again. And it is Jobs Friday. I'm going to warn you though, Eric, uh, I am, uh, I'm, we're right in the middle of the uh, Canadian women uh, trying to win gold at the, uh, the Olympics. They're in a penalty shootout with, uh, with Sweden right now. Uh, it's it's uh, Sweden missed the first kick. I, I might jump in with a uh, with a cheer here and there. I know you're not watching because you're working really hard like you always are. Uh, I, I was going to say, Dave. Too. Uh, Dave, I was going to say I, I probably don't know quite as much about the job numbers as I should, having watched Canada's four by one hundred team pick up that bronze a few minutes ago. <laughs> and the five, I used to be a runner. The five thousand. I know not many people like to watch twelve laps go around, but uh, that that was uh, to my liking. Fantastic. Well, yeah, so so uh, great day for Canada, but was the jobs number great? Because it fell a little bit short of expectations, but still a pretty big number in, in historical terms. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And so it, it did not hit the truly epic forecast or expectation of 150,000. It was 94,000 new jobs. Uh, you know, that, that is a big number. You know, for, for the record, a normal month, and this would be a pre-pandemic normal month, might have been 20,000. So this is absolutely absorbing not just growing population, not just graduates and so on, but also very much eating through the, the labor market slack that's that's existed. Uh, the, the, the details were pretty good. You know, full-time was, was most of it. And so they were high-quality jobs for the most part. Uh, we couldn't quite say after the June job increase that we had fully unwound the losses from April and May. We can now say that. So this, this yeah. now puts us ahead of, I guess, the best place we've been since the pandemic has struck, though still 1.3% lower employment than before the pandemic. So the work isn't done yet, but being done, uh, unemployment rate fell from 7.8 to 7.5. And so it'd be nice to get that down to a six or down to a high five kind of number by the time we're done. But uh, progress being made, and that was broadly expected. This is July data. We knew June and July were going to be pretty spectacular months economically, just because they were the big reopening months for many Canadian provinces. And yeah. the sectors or the parts of the employment uh, space that did well uh, were very much the logical ones. And so service sector focused, uh, hospitality and travel focused, the things people couldn't do, the things they're now starting to get to do. And so we're seeing, for instance, you know, very much pent up demand for those kinds of activities that previously weren't possible. And if anything, employers are having trouble getting enough people uh, employed into those sectors to meet the sudden just turn on of demand that's occurred. And, and in the U.S., we saw, I, I, I guess, arguably a, a super strong number and some revisions for previous months as well. Yeah, that's right. And so I guess you should start by saying expectations are everything because the U.S. Uh, created 943,000 jobs, great by any measure, little ahead of consensus. But if you actually stop and do the math and say 943 U.S., 94 Canada, 10 times the population, they're kind yeah. of the same thing. I guess the twist yeah. would be the U.S. didn't lose jobs in April and May to the same extent. And so uh, yeah. genuinely, you could say this is maybe a, a happier surprise, but not actually that different rate of job creation. Uh, you mentioned revisions. And so, yes, a couple, uh, like 119,000 jobs created after the fact, I guess, or discovered after the fact over the last couple of months based on revisions. And their unemployment rate now from 5.9 to 5.4%. I mean, wow. once upon a time, that would have been thought to be just about normal uh, 
before the pandemic, we realized you get under four and still call it maybe normal. And so there's still work to be done there as well, but uh, still pretty great progress and very much like Canada's leisure hospitality sector, seeing the, the lion's share of the gains. Uh, and, uh, and indeed, we've seen markets respond to some extent. Bond yields a pretty good little leap higher there. And, you know, I guess logical to the extent that it argues this U.S. economy is tightening and it starts to get tongues wagging, at least about the need for, for monetary tightening down the road and that sort of thing. And, and so for, for, for investors looking at this, we're, we're seeing kind of an interesting shift in the way these numbers are interpreted and how they play out in markets after they're, they're announced. Yeah, I think that's right. And so let, let me start by saying I'm the economist, not the portfolio manager. So sure. don't listen yeah. to me. But uh, I, I will say that you know during the early phase and even the mid phase of this pandemic recovery, uh, good data was was good for the stock market. It, it also sent bond yields higher. Great data was great for the stock market and sent bond yields even higher. Uh, it seems to me that it's twisting a little bit. And we notice the correlation between stocks and bond yields is, is weaker than it was. And the way I view that is, and you can see it in today's data as well, as bond yields jumped quite a bit again in response to a great U.S. number. And so that makes sense. That reflects concerns about inflation, concerns about central banks tightening and that kind of thing. Stock market is up, at least as we record this, but not as wildly or enthusiastically. And so I think we're in a world now in which the best case scenario for risk assets is good, but not great data. You essentially want to keep the economy moving well. And of course, that feeds into earnings and all the things that we care about as investors. But you don't want to overheat the economy. We want this to be a, a multi, multi-year expansion, not one that just boils over uh, six months or a year from now. And so the stock market said, oh, we'll take it. Uh, but I bet the stock market would have been as happy with a number that was a couple hundred thousand jobs lower than that for the U.S. And, and, and Eric, just uh, just one last quick question. I uh, always like to check in on, on your thoughts about where we are then in the economic cycle. Are we mm -hmm. still in the early stages of this expansion or do you think we're starting to see that transition into more uh, the, the, the mid phase of it? Somewhat tragically, uh, I would have a better answer if I hadn't been watching the Olympics this morning. We're finishing our business cycle, our quarterly business cycle work we're finishing today. And so that's my next task. So I can't give you a formal answer, though this will certainly trickle out in our, our, our macro memo we'll be sending out on Monday. Uh, but I can say this, my strong suspicion is we're going to see further progression. We were already a quarter ago in a position where it was early, but starting to hint of mid. I can't say with precision it's going to be mid this time. I'm not quite sure that it will, but I think it's going to be signaling more and more of that. And so, you know, to your point, uh, a cycle that's moving unusually quickly, which makes sense. It, it was artificially impeded to begin with. And so we're just snapping back perhaps to where we should have been. Uh, I don't think it means that we're going to be late cycle next quarter and end of cycle the quarter after that. I think it's more likely there are several years of, of growth left in front of us. So I'm not I'm not panicking from that perspective, but it's undeniably a quickly moving cycle. And you can, you can see that in the way that job creation is eating through economic slack. You can see it in the way that inflation isn't low. Uh, we can see it in the way that credit spreads are very narrow. All those sorts of things are consistent with a cycle that's looking increasingly mid as opposed to just early. Well, and uh, in, from, from the, the, the old mantra, don't ever ask a question you don't know the answer to. I was just setting that up because people should be following you on Twitter uh, and, uh, and watching the, uh, the, the, the RBC Global Asset Management website uh, for all the great content that you produce, uh, including your, uh, your ultimate view uh, once we get past the Olympics on where we are in the, the global economy. Uh, the Canadian team is in real trouble here. Uh, it's, uh, it's been an interesting uh, penalty kick round. So we uh, will leave that hanging with the podcast. Eric, thanks as always for, uh, for taking the time.
uh, to visit with us, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll look forward to that uh, that view on the economic cycle because that's a real important one for uh, for investors to watch. Yeah, you're not the only one asking, so the uh, we've got to light a fire under us and get that done today. <laughs> nice talking <laughs> to you, Dave. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks, Eric. Thank you.